Welcome to part two of our Oscars debate episode. Things were really heating up there in part one, so we decided to add a little suspense to the cause. Who will take home the gold? Will Zack and Mitch's friendship remain intact? And will poor Brandon ever get to sleep? Listen and find out. This is Is It Really? Final two categories here. Rock and roll. The first one is your guys' selection for best director. Mm. Mitch, you want to get us kicked off here? Yeah. For the next two categories, I might sound like a broken record because I am going to harp in on what I think is the best directed movie I think I may have ever seen. Uh, And that's that's Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. This is... A masterpiece. It encapsulates in mythic proportions the economic uncertainty of the 21st century. I think it's a perfectly crafted parable. There's never a wasted shot in this movie. Nothing indulgent. Every every moment is telling a story. I was kept on the edge of my seat the whole time. I had this queasy smile for like two hours of like, oh, where are we going? I don't know, but I want to keep watching. And I've never seen a movie with better pacing. Uh, it's it's incredibly staged when you see where he puts the characters in frame and then combined with how he blocks uh, the characters in the shots and how they move throughout the house. It gives this feeling of gliding from room to room and scene to scene. And that remarkable pacing, I think, is what allows really some of the largest tonal shifts I've ever seen in a movie to feel natural. There was no sense of whiplash. Uh, it goes from the first half being this crisp heist movie uh, where it's can this family uh, like a band of rogues pull off this, you know, this heist uh, for the, against this rich people. Uh, and then in the second half, it becomes this devastating, uh, you know, story of the results of those actions of the underbelly of economic inequality and really just the most unforgettable movie going experience I've had in a really, really long time. Zach. For me, it's Sam Mendes with my, with 1917. This was a movie that, I was not excited for war movies really are not my thing. People were kind of uh, comparing it to Dunkirk, even though it's a different war early on, but people were, were kind of saying that this movie was very familiar and walking into the theater. I thought the only trick that the movie was going to have up its sleeve was the one take thing, which, which feels like a bit of a gimmick. And even though, you know, I quite enjoy movies like Birdman and, you know, when TV shows have kind of used that same trick. One of the things is that it seems like the actor's emphasis is no longer on performance, but it's on carrying out the blocking a lot of times in those movies. And I did not see that in 1917. I saw actors who felt confident. I saw performances that were all on the same level of of quality. And I think that that goes to Sam Mendes and his sense of direction. You know, he's been called an actor's director. He really knows how to stage thing. He re- stage things. He really knows how to block things. And aside from the the one take thing, which you know you could call a gimmick, you could not call it a gimmick. I think he still succeeds with that at finding interesting shots, at you know knowing when to stop and take human moments. And he doesn't let it cripple him. Whereas sometimes when movies do that, the one shot. Thing, things maybe sometimes feel unnecessary or they feel like, you know, 
okay, you're just doing this to show off. But I feel like that that's a trick that really serves the story. And for him to kind of have the foresight to go ahead and utilize that tool, I think just shows uh, a really impressive sense of direction. And for the actors to actually look like they're they're acting and living in this world and to give performances that don't feel like, you know, just really solid blocking to deliver a movie with this in this style that feels three dimensional, I think is rare and tricky. And I think that he's just done a, a really good job when it comes to directing this. All right. Rebuttals. I'm struggling because Me too. <laughs> I, I, well, I just, I'm really appreciative for what Sam Mendes has brought to this. I, you're not the only one to say, you know, that he he's done an incredible job. I think a hurdle for me, though, is just it's well-trodden territory. Sure. It's it's familiar to me where Parasite just feels utterly unique. There's I don't think there's a movie like it, which is really intriguing because to me, this director has been making uh, statements uh, similar to what he's saying in Parasite his right. whole career. Great I think he's like, uh, you know, a movie like Snowpiercer. He's saying things about uh, economic inequality in that. Parasite is him finally, I'm not saying getting it right, because those are also good movies, yes, uh, yes. maybe a little overblown, but they're good. This right. is him nailing it perfectly. Mm. Every element firing on all cylinders. So I, just, I feel it feels like the culmination of a uh, of a long and celebrated career to make something that uh, really can't be, you know, there's nothing to compare it to where a movie like 1917 even well-directed and even with those sweeping shots and, and good performances, I just don't think it requires as much and I don't think it amounts to nearly as much. Okay. And see, I would, I would disagree because I think that Sam Mendes is stepping into, you know, like you were saying, a very, very lived in world where we've seen so many war movies and we've seen, you know, it, it was weird to, to watch this movie and to kind of have the sense of, to know that things were going to happen just, you know, based on my knowledge of history to know that things were coming and to still like feel emotionally resonant with the film in a way that wasn't war is bad. You know, a, a lot of these movies, you feel sad at the end because you're just like, oh, it's sad that, you know, people lose their lives fighting and it's sad and war is really sad. But for him to hit on hit on deeper things and deeper themes in the movie that aren't surface level, that are more personal, while also main like while also maintaining this incredible trick, like things like that just get sacrificed sometimes when you try to bring an impressive direction, when you try to bring in you know, cool visuals and, you know, all this other and all this other stuff that that he brings in. A lot of times you really miss out on those human moments. And I just think that his sensibility makes this more than just an impressive looking war movie. And it makes it more than just a movie with good performances. But he, he makes it a deeply emotional experience for the audience to go on that, you know, there's there's a lot under the surface with what what he's bringing to the table and uh, you know parasite fantastic movie absolutely fantastic movie it, it's hard to, to push back on a on a movie like parasite because you know you're right it is so well directed and it's so well made and it really does feel like the culmination of his career i just think that for me personally 1917 is juggling a little bit more and the fact that it's able to kind of pull off 
the fact that it's able to keep everything in the air in a way where nothing feels like it's floundering at any point, I think is just the more impressive feat. Uh, I I think what I'm just I've heard as a refrain though uh, both times uh, is it's well acted and it's well shot. I, I I would give more credit I think to you know the Richard Deacons uh, Roger Deacons sorry kudos to them for bringing in a legendary cinematographer and making a war movie that's shot differently and that's interesting to look at and that maybe feels fresh because I know that a lot of people have said what you've said that this doesn't feel like a typical war movie it feels fresh in a way. Uh, but to me, uh, again, I just I don't think it requires more. Uh, they were saying similar things about Hacksaw Ridge a few years ago of like, oh, this is a war movie, but it's a different war movie. It's a good war movie uh, where Parasite, again, I, I just have to keep going back to it's singular. And there there really just is nothing I think I've seen that really compares. Uh, I think also just to Parasite is just more inventive. I haven't seen uh, 1917, but uh, I can lean on what I have seen of Parasite where He's able to make the house a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's able to shoot it in a way that the house uh, feels uh, there's a great emphasis on levels on the higher up you go. Obviously, it's a uh, metaphor for for the wealth that you would acquire going up steps. But uh, it's also just about the encapsulated nature of the spaces and how they're uh, unable to, you know, in some in some scenes, get where they want to go quickly enough, how they're just living in this ornate palace. I think he he takes every element in the movie and he uses it. So uh, it isn't, you know, big and sweeping uh, the way 1917 is. But I think he it's just a more economical movie in that every element is doing something with intentionality. And I think that is more impressive to me. Any final thoughts? Well, just in closing, I think, you know, we talked about you. You said that it's. A movie that's, you know, saying something. And I think the problem with movies, with a lot of war movies, is that what they're saying is so heavy handed. Like, Hacksaw Ridge is very much like, hey, he's Christian. He doesn't have to kill any people. You know, a lot of war movies, what they're trying to say, the characters frequently continue to to come out and say over and over again. And um, a movie like 1917, it's cool because there's a bit of a bait and switch where they make you think that oh, the movie is going to be saying this. And then early on, they pull the rug out from under you. And he respects the audience so much, which I I think is a really big part of being a director is respecting your audience. He respects them enough to kind of give them to give them the movie, to put them in his shoes and not frequently have characters say, you know, we have to do this or we have to do this or, you know, war is bad because X, Y, and Z, or, you know, we're fighting because X, Y, and Z, but just to put you in the action in a way that doesn't feel like you're in a video game. I think that that's, that's something that's, that's tricky to put you on the journey with these guys in a way that feels that still feels big and cinematic. Well, in closing for me, I think there's a huge gap that I failed to mention, too, that I also think that Parasite was probably, for me, the best acted movie I've seen this year as well. Uh, When we talked about snubs, the entire cast of Parasite, I think, is incredibly memorable. It's strange because I thought to myself, really, no movie has made me laugh the way that Parasite made me laugh. Uh, No movie uh, was more fun than the, the montages where... Uh, you know, they're uh, getting the maid kicked out and uh, it's incredibly inventive in that way and, and, and quick. Uh, but then uh, at the end, no movie has made me feel quite as uh, sorrowful, but also just 
uh, questioning of uh, where I <laughs> exist. Like I, I became existentially filled with dread and a movie that can do all three of those things uh, in one two hour span. Uh, I just I think that's a tour de force in directing. And again, I've, I'm just going to end with uh, hit ringing this bell one more time. Parasite, I think, is a film that will be discussed for long after this year. I think it's going to be discussed for, for decades and uh, really a generation. And, and I just I doubt seeing a movie like 1917 having that sort of impact. Well, this is easily the toughest one yet. Both arguments were excellent. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to give passion to Mitch. I think if you did nothing else, you made me want to see the movie. I think you should see it. It's great. I that this is one that I have yes. not seen. Very good. And it yes. was one that I probably just face value would not have seen. So you've made me want to see it. Passion absolutely goes to you. Zach laid out excellent points about how even though this is a well populated space, war movies mm-hmm. are well populated. It's it's very hard to make something good and and feel fresh, you know, something something that feels fresh and new. Um, I think because we have just been berated with bludgeoned, (laughs) bludgeoned with war movies, bloodied. I think I think it would be exceedingly hard to make a war movie stand out in just a sea of war movies, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Zach on this one. I I really feel like he (laughs) did an excellent job content wise and and reminding us that there are, you know, war movies galore. And this one actually feels fresh and new and and done very well. Final category, the, final the big category. one, best picture. You know, initially I was going to say Jojo Rabbit because I was thinking movies like Marriage Story never win best picture. And then I thought, we're running the show. This is our Academy Award. And, you know, uh, <laughs> right after Lighthouse, this was my second favorite movie of the year, Marriage Story. And, you know, Marriage Story, I said it before, is filled with an A-list cast and a lot of these actors who are very well known are giving career defining performances. And the movie is, again, I talked about how much I like blocking. It's impeccably, you know, blocked and the way that Noah Baumbach is borrowing from different genres, like the scene where the envelope is in the kitchen, how that almost feels like, like a thriller in some sense and that, you know, it's there, the courtroom scene in how it almost feels like a mystery movie, like a neo-noir thriller in some ways. The way that he's able to bring all of that into this movie that's essentially about a couple getting divorced, and then he can bring, you know, so much of his unique style and voice to this. To me, I really was blown away by this movie. The editing is perfect. The script is fantastic. When I think about a movie like this, I think of everything... Top notch. I think, you know, like being in a kitchen and everything in the kitchen, the freshest ingredients, the best tools, the best cutlery, the best dishes, everything. It reminds me of like Billy Wilder, like the the best of his movies. And I believe that this is Bombac's masterpiece and it deserves to be recognized. Mitch. Well, uh, I made a lot of my arguments in the previous round. Mm. I'm going with Parasite. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you said uh 
Marriage Story was your second favorite of the year. Parasite is easily my favorite of the year. Uh, nothing even got close to it for me. You know, it, it's interesting to hear you say, you know, yours is a movie working with the best ingredients, all of them kind of firing at the best of, you know, these are the best of what they're able to bring. I think Parasite is unique because it isn't a bunch of well-known quantities uh, kind of at the top of their game. This is something that came out of nowhere. And, it, you know, it's a foreign film. It's an indie film. Uh, and for it to be so good that it made it to this best picture category, by the way, first Korean film to do so, first Great. Korean film to be nominated for the three categories it's nominated in, it, that just does not happen. And for it to, to be done out of, uh, you know, relative obscurity, uh, I think it is incredible. Uh, it really took the th world by the throat and said, you're going to pay attention to this movie because of what it's saying and just because of how good it is. Uh, you know, I mentioned, obviously, like the masterful direction uh, of, of Bong Joon-ho. I really was not overstating my case. I think uh, I do think it is the best pacing I've ever seen in a movie. And I don't want to push back in my opening, but I, I think from what I have seen of Marriage Story, you may be overstating it a little to say it's encapsulating different genres of this is neo-noir. And this is I, I think from what I've seen, it feels contained within a certain genre where uh, Parasite to me does feel sweeping and uh like it's it's it is accomplishing several movies in one and it shouldn't work but it, it just does uh so yeah it's it's an incredible movie i don't mean to say that the movie that marriage story has multiple genres what i mean to say is that noah bomback is using tropes from all of those other very well uh lived in genres which i think is is really cool like i was saying there's the scene where the envelope is on the table and you know it's kind of like Chekhov's gun in a cool in a cool way like you would see in a thriller movie and then the scene in the courtroom where it's kind of like everything where you've been wondering what are they going to do what are they going to say how are they going to do this and it like pays off almost like the last scene in like a whodunit where you know the big detective comes out and goes this 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 and this i think for him to use that and still for the movie to feel contained you know that's that's just good writing that's that's really good filmmaking and i i think the thing about a movie like marriage story is that it it is a movie that that we've seen that's very you know like we've said a couple going through a divorce like that's something that we've seen in movies countless times and it's very easy for them to drop the ball but i feel like because bombback this movie is so personal like i can almost feel him bleeding from behind the camera and just really telling his own story but in a way that doesn't feel like so personal that we can't connect sometimes these these movies where it's can i a little... jump onto what you just said Go actually yeah uh the way that you're you're saying that it feels like bomb back you said like bleeding through the camera right of what i've seen of the movie so far that maybe is a criticism i would have that it feels so uh of his style and so of his signature uh, that to me, it's like, uh, you know, when you watch a Wes Anderson movie, you're like, I'm watching a Wes Anderson movie. Right. There were moments I was distracted. Uh, just a few. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned before we started recording, there's a line where, you know, Scarlett says, uh, I was uh, feeding off his aliveness. And there, there are just things that feel uh, for a certain audience uh, and uh, niche, I guess, in a way. Doesn't mean it isn't true to the experience of the characters. So, uh, but I do think that it, it, it just feels maybe a little self-indulgent, I guess, where well, this is Noah, Noah Baumbach doing Noah Baumbach in a way that uh, is familiar to me. Well, when I, when I say he's bleeding behind the camera, I mean more like this is like 
a movie that's semi well it's semi-autobiographical for him like it's his story it's what he went through but in a way where it doesn't feel like he makes himself the hero in his own story where he allows adam driver to be a very flawed character who is in because you know a lot of these movies that are semi semi-biographical i think of like a zach braff movie where like his character's greatest flaw is he cares too much or you know something right, like that right, we, right, right. we've seen a lot of filmmakers really drop the ball and i think for him to have the confidence in his art form and in his actors to really like go ahead and make all these characters feel uh uniquely human even though sometimes they are using dialogue that doesn't feel accessible to the main audience i think that for for him to be able to come in and make that uh that story one that can resonate with different people and you know i've, I've even heard people who aren't you know huge cinephiles say you know they watched it because it has the guy from star wars and the girl from the avengers in it 80 things yeah 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 i've seen them watch it and say you know i wasn't expecting for that movie to connect with me the way that it did. Whereas I, I feel like a movie like um, Parasite and it, you know, no fault of, of the movie. I feel like it's kind of for a very specific film loving audience, which that's what the Academy Awards are for. That's what the Oscars are for. But there's, you know, there's been people who, when I've said, Hey, check this movie out. You should go see it. It's a movie that's, easy for people to Can dismiss to as that? weird which is unfortunate Can I speak to that okay. yeah because yeah. uh, uh i mean i think you've laced your you know what you've said your argument with uh you know the accessibility of your movie uh you you have you know scarlett johansson adam driver huge names uh, right. and it's a netflix movie right right like right. if right. you don't get if you don't get a million people to watch that you're doing something incredibly wrong whereas i loved uh bong joon ho's speech when he won the golden globe where he yeah, said cool. you know the greatest barrier in cinema is those eight inches of subtitle uh and people don't watch foreign films for right. that reason this movie has stirred a conversation uh unlike any foreign movie at least in my lifetime in my 26 years 27 wow i just turned 27 uh <laughs> and my like honestly i've never seen a foreign movie generate this type of buzz and i i i would disagree strongly that it's uh you know just for cinephiles i heard a lot of people who went to see it it had a pretty long run in the theater sure uh, because of uh how memorable and the word of mouth uh, it received because of how uh, unique and singular it was Right. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that that you're wrong. I'm saying my my conversations with people, unfortunately, have been like, I didn't get it. And it, it wasn't for me, which, you know, accessibility shouldn't really factor in. But it's something that I'm I'm thinking about also for me. And I'm not I'm not just saying this to say this. I felt like the ending of Parasite was I don't want to say clunky, but I feel like it it didn't quite stick the landing i think that the movie at the end can you say why been, can you articulate yeah, why? yeah i feel like i feel like at the end the movie could have been a little more i, I don't want to say am, ambiguous but i feel like the ending of the movie kind of wrapped everything up a little bit too much for me and i feel like they could have left things just a bit more open like i thought the scene when the light went on would have been a cool place to end the movie because it would kind of give the audience something to unpack and talk about, you know, well, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And I feel like the ending where they just kind of go on with, you know, the, the letters between um, the father and the son 
for me, I I didn't need it, and I think that the cooler choice would have been to end the movie on the more kind of open note. I think. Can I? Yeah. Can, so yeah. I think I think what you know we talked about this a lot in in my creative writing classes. There's a difference between uh, ambiguity and vagueness. Sure. I, 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 I disagree a little bit with what you're pitching. I think that would have been a vague ending. I think uh, the ending that uh, Parasite uh, landed on uh, is a devastating one where Brandon, yeah, you haven't seen the movie. So just to quickly recap spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, there's a character, the father uh, of the main protagonist. He's trapped in the basement of the home of the wealthy people. Uh, and uh, the only uh, way that the protagonist sees he could rescue his father uh, is for him to get enough money to buy the home. Uh, and he, in this letter, he expresses, I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy that home. And all you'll need to do is walk up the stairs and you'll be free. And it's the cruel twist of the knife because obviously he will never be wealthy enough to buy a home like that. Uh, the name of the end credit song, it's Korean, but the name of the end credit song actually uh, means uh, originally 564 years, uh, which means that's how long, how many lifetimes it would take for him to work to afford a home like that. Right. Uh, so I, I really just disagree because I think it, it nails the central premise of the movie, which is the this giant gulf between uh, the two different worlds. Right. See, see, for me, it, it, I actually remember what it, the, the ending thing Um it was the dream sequence of the son being able to buy the house, which for me, I, I felt, you know, I, the choice didn't really make a lot of sense to me. It, it was confusing to me because, you know, I thought, you know, it, that the, I wasn't the light I was wrong about, but the, that's not what I was talking about. I was thinking that the, the cooler choice would have been like, we didn't need to see the sequence of the son pretending to buy the house. Cause I think to some extent we, as the audience know, it's not going to happen. It kind of felt like that scene was put in there for like, Hey, just in case you didn't get it, there's no way that the son is ever going to be able to, you know, afford this house. So I think that there was a choice to be made of just kind of ending the movie without the dream sequence. And I think that just ending the movie straight would have been a better choice personally. Again, I've just got to disagree. I think that I was actually surprised by the moment because I thought what we were seeing was a flash forward into the future. I thought, uh, oh, he's actually going to be able to do it. The reason uh, that I had that assumption was because the movie establishes how these characters are unable to beat. They're able. I'm sorry. They're able to beat the odds for the entire first, you know, two thirds of the movie. They're able to do the impossible to fake their way into a life they don't uh, have any right or means to expect. Uh, so I thought, oh, if he could do it once, maybe he would be able to do it again. But the ending is so brilliant because it undercuts that and says what you saw in the first half of the movie is somewhat of a fantasy. So I was surprised by it. I don't want to focus on that one scene, though. Right, right, right. I think I think I, I, I just want to bring in. I know we should be wrapping up. We can talk about the themes of Parasite all day long uh, on how it's, you know, it's about the the rich and the poor. But I think one of the cr uh, greatest strengths of the movie is I've seen a lot of movies try to handle this subject matter. Uh, and what usually ends up happening is the rich are cartoonishly evil and the, the poor are, you know, suffering in dignity. But uh, what's really, really brilliant about this movie is it, it doesn't vilify the rich. Uh, it's a critique of how uh, inequality is ingrained into all of our lives. So uh, the rich people are actually pretty good. 
uh, and they are, you know, parasites in a, in a sense on the lives of the people under them. And uh, the poor people, uh, you know, it it really just shows are vilified. That, uh, I know I would disagree. I think that they're they're fun and they're uh, shown to have right. especially stories about uh, about the working poor. Uh, they have this way of dehumanizing the poor right, often. Right. Uh, but we get these details of uh, they they love having dinner together and that they have right. sex lives and uh, they're nuanced people. Right. Uh, so it isn't uh, a good versus bad. It's uh, this is the result of uh, this this system and. Uh, and real people end up suffering under the wheel. Uh, so I, I just think it is um, maybe one of the most uh, balanced uh, movies I've ever seen handling subject matter that uh, is so timely. And so uh, I think just Bong Joon-ho is so prescient to, to be able to articulate this, uh, this subject matter uh, in a way that no one else living has been able to do quite the way he is done right lots of people are attempting (laughs) to have the conversation he is nailing it right any final well i uh, i didn't want to end with this because it feels a little unfair um i was i was gonna say my only other real real criticism with the with parasite and again it's a movie that i that i love that i think is you know really great that people should go out and see and you know i'm excited to see um you know more people discover the movie the not so much the treatment, but I guess the way that they set up the the rich mom and they just say that um, she's going to accept everything because she's simple f- to me f- didn't it didn't feel mean. It didn't feel cruel. It, just, it felt a little um, convenient. And, the, you know, the movie has to do that. And I, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of says, well, she's going to accept all this because she's, you know, because she's dumb. I don't know. Uh, I, I, again, I'm just going to keep disagreeing, but, uh, I think what they're articulating there is that they're disconnected from, uh, the lives of real people. Okay. Uh, so they, they don't know, uh, you know, how real people act and what their motivations are. And, uh, I think that's a strength of the characterization, not, uh, not a weakness. Uh, really, I could I could juxtapose it with uh, one of my other favorite movies, Knives Out, this year, which I really enjoyed. But in Knives Out, the thrombies are easy to hate. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, bigoted. Yeah. They're selfish. They're vengeful. They're cruel to the hero, uh, and that lets liberal rich people enjoying the movie to it lets them be able to enjoy it. Right, okay. nothing wrong with that. Uh, but when uh, the thesis of Parasite is, uh, we need to actually take a look at the mm-hmm. results of this inequity. Uh, it does an amazing job of uh, portraying the rich and the poor uh, as real people, not as, uh, you know, uh, vengeful or cruel uh, and not as heroes, but uh, as real people doing what they can do to survive. Uh, and that to me is what sticks out so much about the movie. I guess for me in closing, I'll say of marriage story that movies like this, Movies that have genuine emotion and that have characters that don't feel cartoonish and characters who, you know, they feel very real, but also a movie that isn't afraid to, you know, 
lean into the talents of the people creating it. I think that there's, you know, there's a big thing now that's being taught in, you know, script writing classes about make dialogue sound realistic, which, you know, I think is, you know, it, to, to some extent important. But I think with Marriage Story, we're seeing that Noah Baumbach has really found his voice and has really found um, kind of his his tone in a way that, you know, I watch some of his earlier movies and I see, oh, you could have cut this. You could have cut this. You didn't need this. This doesn't work. This really doesn't work. And Marriage Story was the first movie of his where I said everything in this movie makes sense and everything in this movie serves the movie. There's no fat in this movie. There's nothing to be trimmed in this movie. And again, I feel like it's very easy for a movie like um, Marriage Story to be indulgent, but he's able to have his own style, have his own voice without the movie feeling like too much without having the movie feel like, well, if you know this filmmaker, you'll like this. I feel like this is a movie they I've said accessible a few times that I feel is again, one of the things that I like about the, the Oscars is I like movies that inspire, you know, when I watch a movie like marriage story, I think, all right, time to, it's time for me to start writing. It's time for me to, you know, start seeing how I can become a better director. It's a movie that, that inspires me because of how good it is. And it's a movie that I think everything in the film works. I think that every aspect of the movie comes together in a way that really makes this film a beautiful heartbreaking, sorrowful, joyful triumph. Here's my last my last thing. I think there is a reason that we spent most of this discussion talking about Parasite and not about Marriage Story. And that reason is one movie has more going on. There is more to discuss. Marriage Story, uh, I, I think it is probably doing what it has done well, but Parasite is stoking up a different conversation. Uh, so... I think that that can't be understated uh, and we should reward movies that are able to do that. I think a couple of thoughts here. I think you guys made great arguments. I feel like Zach, you made some very good points. I think to say that this is a movie marriage story is a movie about two people getting a divorce is an oversimplification and divorce is one of the I don't personally know, but I feel like it would be one of the most complex and terrible things to navigate, um, especially for a child. And and I think there is something admirable about taking something that seems simple and making it and doing it so well. And I think Mary Story is one of the movies I saw this year. It was it was the whole thing resonated with me. I connected with that movie, but I am going to have to give the argument to Mitch. And I feel like yeah. it sounds like Parasite is I have not seen it. It sounds like it's very ambitious and it just sounds like there is so much more depth to this issue and it sounds like it's saying a lot. And uh, I feel like Mitch did a very good job of laying those points out. And honestly, the, what what got me though, I will say this, is uh, Mitch, you you on you broke my heart telling the story about the boy telling his dad that he was just going to have to walk up the stairs. And I haven't seen this movie, oh, but that broke very, very that good. broke my heart. Yeah. And if you it's were able to do that through just your uh, retelling, I think you definitely deserve yeah. that final point. Another year, 
another Oscars episode under our belt. Thank you for joining us. I want to take a minute and direct you towards our Facebook page, especially with the Oscars coming up this weekend. We currently have a kind of all-in-one Yankee Swap tournament bracket going on right now that has been a lot of fun, and there's still time to hop in on that. And we definitely want to hear what you guys think about the results on Sunday. If I know Mitch and Zach, they will be very honest about their opinions. So jump on in there and let them know how you feel too. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a little spare time and you like what you hear, we would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review our podcast. We appreciate your support. Well, if we don't hear from you on Facebook, we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. We'll see you then.